0: Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Launch. If you want to be wealthy but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up level begins. Hey there, beauty. Welcome back for another incredible interview. I can't wait for you to hear this woman. She is a business growth ninja. Now, I wanted to preface this interview with something that actually happened before we jumped on, and Kat is somebody that I'm absolutely in love with. We are just on such the same vibe. And Kat, you know, before we jumped on recording, she was like, you know, how's how's your week going? I saw her last week and I was like, you know, I can't remember the last time I had a week go this haywire. Basically, like all the things are going wrong. I'm in Mexico City. There's just like a lot going on. I missed a flight on Saturday when I was meant to fly here and then lost my passport two days ago. My flight out is supposed to be tomorrow. And so getting a rush passport from the Canadian embassy seems like an impossible feat. The first available appointment was meant to be April 21st, which is like three weeks away. Basically, a lot of things are just going haywire. And so I said that to her and I kind of laughed and she's like, and I was like, oh, how's your week going? And she's like, oh, I feel bad that it's going so well. And it was such a, something I really want to touch on because when Kat shared that with me, that she's having one of the best months she's ever had in business and, you know, really breaking records and things personally are just like thriving for her. I'm genuinely excited for her. Like my week can be going haywire and I'm still pumped that she's doing well in business. I'm pumped that she's making tons of money. I'm really excited that things are flowing for her. And her success doesn't take away from mine at all and doesn't make me feel bad. And I really share this because it's so important for us as women to really celebrate one another because there's no reason anyone should ever want to contract or want to shrink or be small for anybody else. I think for us as women, It's so powerful when one of us rises and we all rise, right? Like it lifts every one of us up. And so I just share that with you because that was something that happened before we hit record. And it's something that's really important to me is that like us as women, we are on this journey together and we are rising together. And it's something that isn't talked about a lot and we aren't really socialized with. So with that, I introduce you to... Kat Arapis. Kat is a master certified business coach who helps her clients scale in six months or less, one client at a time, hundred K at a time. Now Kat is one of those amazing humans you can't help but love. And while I've known her for quite a while now, we actually only met in person the first, for the first time about a week ago, right Kat?
1: Yeah, literally. It was so fun. <laughs>
0: so good. It's funny because you know, you, you've known someone for a really long time, but you haven't, you feel like you know them, but you haven't actually met in person. We were in a mastermind together. And I love Kat for her brilliant mind. She just has a really unique way of thinking about the world. And the work that you do with clients is just so beautiful. But also, your approach and thoughts on money are something I really want to bring today. So I'm super pumped for this mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, really pumped to have you.
1: Same. And I'm like, I'm excited to have it because I, I don't, it's not often that I get to go deep into like what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Women and money. When we got together, we had just such incredible chats that like women don't spend a lot of time talking about money. And I just, I mm-hmm. nerd out on all of these things. So it's just so beautiful to me that I can go so deep with you. Yeah. And also because we have similar backgrounds. So I'm like, we're going to have a, a rift today. So yeah. So tell me what money has been like for you and how, you know, how your relationship to money has been over the years.
1: Um, I think it's interesting because, you know, you kind of asked me this question earlier when we were talking about the podcast. And like for me, I never actually grew up in, you know, in a, in a space where we were financially worried about money all the time. I didn't grow up not in that um, kind of environment. So I am lucky about that. But besides that, like I, I grew up from a place, a standpoint, a relationship with money where I like, I've always felt really like in control of it and really secure of it. And like, this is like outside of even my parents. So like, I remember when I was a kid, literally for Christmas, and I'm talking like a young kid, like I was probably less than 10 years old. Like I asked for a safe for Christmas because I was just like, I just, I, I mean, can we talk about spiritual stuff on here? Because apparently my <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I the only thing that really explains this guys is like if you know anything about like your north node or your south node in astrology yeah yeah I can't remember which one it is but it's like I think the south node is like that's what like you mastered in a previous lifetime and then your north node is like what you're mastering yeah now, you're mo- moving toward yeah yeah, yeah. and What's, like my wait, past what are, wait, what are so yours mine is Taurus Scorpio Scorpio so no like, way so are mine Oh my God, that makes so much sense. And that's why we're both like oh finance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. So your North node is Taurus.
1: Yeah. No, no. Opposite. You know,
0: uh-huh.
1: No, no, no. The South node, I think, is the past lifetime one. And so my past lifetime one is Taurus.
0: I'm the opposite. So funny.
1: Right. And like, it's yes. so interesting because then it's like, you know, when it's in your, um, the Scorpio is like this the North node. It's like, so in this lifetime I'm mastering like the subconscious and like basically everything that I'm doing career wise, which is like so funny. But so I think like, that's literally where it came from for me. Like since childhood, I've just innately naturally have been really good at just being like a brilliant steward of money. And like, no one taught me, my parents didn't teach me that. I actually had to tell them so many times, like what to do, how to steward their money from like a super young age. So. Long story short, that's been like my relationship with money, but that did change a little bit going into entrepreneurship, to be honest.
0: And how, so tell me what, like, what beliefs did you hold about money from, from childhood? Cause it sounds like you, you know, you developed some really powerful beliefs about money and your relationship to money very early on. So what did you believe about money that was, that was so helpful?
1: You know, what's so interesting. The first thing that came to me when you asked me this now is I love money. It's so simple, but I think that's what it is. Like, if you were to ask me, like, what is like, you know, cause again, also from a really young age, like when I was young, I was not thinking like, I'm in control of money and money flows to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're so young, <laughs> you don't even know, like, you know, but for me, I just, ever since a young age, I've always just loved money.
0: Mm, hence I love the, money. it's the safe. Yeah right (laughs) like Mm -hmm. keep this secure but that's that's
1: the belief and i think it's like i was never like i'm afraid of money i don't understand money i'm not good with money yeah you so how
0: how have your how has your relationship to money changed since starting your business
1: yeah well i think that's like the interesting piece so something that i firmly believe is and it's kind of like one of my philosophies is like your business is like your own personalized healing modality so in the process of starting my business, any little niggling fears I had around money that like I could have maybe swept under the cover, swept under the rug, if I was maybe more like in employment or, you know, in employee land, I could have probably like, I wouldn't have even been aware of them, right? Even though I had these great beliefs about money. So when I got into entrepreneurship, like all of my beliefs I had about, how secure money really is like all of that kind of got questioned when I stepped into entrepreneurship. So it wasn't like my belief changed per se, but be- because I was shifting from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, my, at the beginning anyway, my brain was like, Oh my God, being an employee, uh, being an entrepreneur, it's less secure and it's less mm-hmm. certain. So therefore money is less secure and less certain. Like my brain just kind of generalized out my thoughts about entrepreneurship onto money and just like copy and pasted them. So even though I, in the beginning, I had great money beliefs, my beliefs about entrepreneurship ended up kind of poisoning, for lack of better words, my money beliefs.
0: Mm, Interesting. And I think that's so true about entrepreneurship, like such a healing modality in that like there is a lot of uncertainty, right? Like it's not like Mm. you're working in corporate where, you just get given the roadmap. It's like, do these KPIs. And if you do them, you're successful and you get promoted. And if you don't, not, it's like, there is no roadmap. So I feel like in so many ways you, if there's any, like even tiny piece of things that are not healed or pieces of self-doubt, it's like, those really come to the surface and not because it's a problem, but it's like, it's really easy to not see them until you're put in a situation where it's like, now, like all of them are put, you know, brought to the surface. So it's, that's true about money and I think everything everything else we believe as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause I mean, like, I don't think anyone, even
1: you know, it doesn't matter who you are or what your circumstances are, like nobody has a hundred percent belief in anything.
0: Like, even mm-hmm. if you have
1: like the best money beliefs and the best money circumstances, like no one has like a hundred, hundred percent. Like you could poke holes in anything if you really wanted to. And so sometimes circumstances like um can make those holes even bigger even if they were like pinpricks,
0: right? Mm-hmm. And that's such a great thing to touch on because I think that a lot of people, especially those that have done mindset work before, there's this kind of tendency, at least for my clients and the women I work with, to believe that you're gonna get to a point where you have no more limiting beliefs or like no more self-doubts yeah. or like no more unhelpful thoughts. And it's like, that that time never occurs. Like those thoughts will always be available for you, right? Mm, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's like, I think we talked about that, that even when we met up in person, right? Where it's like, there's never going to be a point in time where your brain stops having thoughts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> nor, nor, nor would that be useful, right? Yeah. Tell me about, you had mentioned when we caught up in person, you said something to me that just like really struck a chord that you're not good at math, but you're you're obviously great with money. And, and that's something that comes up for so many women I talk to is this just belief that, first of all, it's often not even true that they're not good at math. They just believe that. But this belief that because they, you know, failed some math tests in high school, they can never be good at money. Yeah. Like I, I I didn't even realize when I said that, I guess how like,
1: um, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but like how interesting that statement is. So for like, just for, for a little bit of background guys, like I was telling when we were in person, right? Like that my background is in finance and similar to Kristen's as well and <clears throat> in people always ask me like especially my partner he's like i literally he, all the time he still says this to me i can't believe you studied finance you're so bad at math and i always have to remind him i'm like the, the thing with finance right and just like money in general right like money is an art not a science tell me more so, like, so for example, like if you're trying to make things, like, okay, what I think about this, especially because you, who you work with and like the goals that your clients have is like wealth creation, right? Mm-hmm. Like making more money from money, right? Like we're not talking about budgeting, like how to make the math math or
0: mm-hmm. how to make
1: the math make sense. That's accounting. That's budgeting. That's you know profits and losses, incomes, and all the things, right? What we do with finance or what 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 you want to do with like wealth, right? Is make art from the money, mm. right? So like add, like, how can we take, how can we, like if we want a certain level of value, whether it's like, you know, in a certain portfolio, real estate portfolio or your investing portfolio or whatever it is, right? It's like, how can, how, what can we do with our money to make money out of nothing, right? That's different than accounting. Accounting's like, how do we square this away?
0: Mm. So tell me more about how you, how you use that concept in your, like give us some examples. Yeah.
1: So for me, like, okay, for me, it's like, okay. And this is actually like a question that I think we even talked about when we got in person, right. Where it's like, what makes the most sense? Like where makes the most sense to put the money to grow more money, right? That's like where the art comes in. That's where like the visionary thinking about your money and what you can do with it comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, remember we talked about that in person? I can't remember the the analogy you used, or you used some examples where you were like, so essentially, like, as an example, if you wanted to create 200K in some sort of investment portfolio, right, or however, especially you help your clients do it, right? But if you want to create 200K, it's like that conversation we were having where it's like, okay, the money that I have now. Where can I put those resources to grow it to the 200K level, right? Like that's where like the art comes in.
0: Mm, I love that. And that's absolutely what you've touched on there is one of the biggest mindset shifts, I think, or the biggest distinctions that certain people have to make is the difference between constricting spending and Mm -hmm. investing for growth. Like, cause you can only constrict spending so much and, you know, while using your money intentionally is important if you can take that money that you have and put it in places where it's going to grow for you. And the question just becomes at that point, where can you put your money where it's going to grow the most or where you believe it? Well, it's definitely more valuable than trying to, you know, save, save dollars. It's like, it's just a completely different way of thinking about it. Right. And it's like, obviously it's at that point, like, you know, the math does
1: have to make sense. Like as long as the math, maths then the investment should work right but it's exactly like you were saying like the art really does become okay like where are those places Like mm. right? whether it's yeah doesn't matter where you're investing it's like what like it, let's say it's a real estate portfolio right it's like where where would make the most sense real estate wise to put
0: this money like even it. if all of the maths m- made sense you know and how do you start thinking about that process when you you know, think about the money that you're earning and putting it in the places like to optimize it. We talked all about optimizing and and nerding out on that. Where, Mm -hmm. how do you begin thinking about of all the places you can put money, you know, whether it's in, you know, the stock market or in real estate or investing back into your business or investing in other businesses, like there's a plethora of options. How do you begin thinking or think about that process? So for me,
1: I always, and this is also what I tell my clients too, which is like, you know, start with like what the path of least resistance is. Right. So, and I mean, this might even go, I don't know, maybe it goes a little against what you, what you teach, but for me, I'm just like, okay, like what's the easiest thing for you to just get behind right now. Right. Like, so if it's, if it's easy for you to just buy land right now or buy real estate because of like your current skill set levels and the, whatever time investment it takes, the energy investment it takes, if it's easier for you, if it's the path of, path of least resistance for you to invest in real estate versus like let's say you've never invested in the stock market before and you know you have to learn about you know you, you do have to learn some key things to invest in the stock market well right so it's like just pick your path of least resistance right so for for me when, when i'm thinking about this i'm like what's my number one priority in life right like what's my number one goal for like how i want my lifestyle to be and what what i want my life to look like And then what's the path of least resistance to investing my way there?
0: So good. And I think that that sort of philosophy gives women and people permission to, there can be this sort of thinking that it's all or nothing, right? It's like, I either have to understand every single thing there is to know about investing in every single asset in every single market, or I don't do anything at all. And it's like, no, you can just bite off like one tiny chunk and learn that piece or, you know, do the, do the thing, take the first step that feels the easiest for you. Exactly. Because otherwise, you'll
1: just keep kicking the can down the road of like investing, right? And it's like, I think if you're just investing at any level, regardless of where it is, I think that's just better than not investing at all because you're like, oh, which is the best place to invest and which, where should I start first and blah, 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 you know?
0: Mm. How do you think about making investments in yourself or your business? How do I think about them? Yeah. Like over the past few years, because I know Mm. one of your, Values as growth and development. And, yeah. you know, to get to the level that you're at, I know you've had the support of some incredible coaches. How have you sort of walked yourself through those investments over the years? Yeah,
1: I think for me, like the key investment is, and, and maybe some people have heard this before, like my key thinking about any investments that I'm making is like betting on myself is the best investment. And it's not even just about betting on myself. It's like, so betting on myself also looks like, you know, if I believe that this piece of land is the best decision, I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to invest in it. Right. I'm not going to question myself. I'm not going to trust myself or like, I'm not going to not trust myself. I mean, you know what I mean? So for me, I think about investing in my growth as betting on myself. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's like, you know, betting on myself and then just remembering that like any decision I make, I can have like my back in that decision,
0: you know? Mm, Yeah. And I think that's another thing I I see frequently is this trying to get it right. (laughs) Thinking Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. perfect decision or that every decision you make or every investment you make has to work out. Otherwise you've done the wrong thing. And it's like, you can have your back either way. Right. There's no getting it perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, let's be honest, right? Like, like, let's talk about like, like even finance, right? Like it, it does like at some point in your life, you're going to make a decision where things don't work out how you expected them to. You have like missed deadlines, like all of the things, right? Like even if you have perfect intuition and you have all of the information to make the best decision possible, it's like at the end of the day, it's just a numbers game. Hmm. Like you can't have 100% of your d- decisions work out 100% perfectly for decades at a time. It doesn't work that way.
0: <laughs> Can you give us one of those examples from your life?
1: Yeah. Like, so for example, you know, I've got a perfect example is like our moving situation. Like for the last, in the last couple of years, like we've rent, we still rent houses and we've moved a few times. And there was times when I thought like a specific apartment would have been like perfect. And it's like, yeah, this is like a great decision. And then we end up actually getting into the place and we're like, oh, maybe not so much. Right. And so how it, w- how it looked for me to like still have my back, even though, yeah, you know what, it's a different than I expected. And maybe it's not actually, it wasn't actually, you know, I hate to use the word like the best decision, but like, yeah, let's just like be honest. Right. It's like, Oh yeah, maybe this wasn't the best decision. And the, but the way that I had my back was I always remind myself, like, um, I made the best decision I could, with the resources I had available internal and external
0: mm. and important to remember that I think that's such like it's a critical piece of the process like the goal isn't to avoid mistakes mm-hmm. or to avoid you know the wrong decision that reminds me of something that came up on an interview a couple days ago where we talked about Sarah Blakely you know her the founder mm-hmm. of Spanx and her dad used to come home when she would come home from school he used to ask what was your favorite failure And so she, you know, grew up believing that failure was a good thing and failure was important. And she went on to build a million fucking dollar business. And I I think that's a lot of, you know, something a lot of women don't, aren't socialized with is, you know, trusting that decisions can either work out or not. And neither one is a, you know, a sign of anything wrong. A hundred percent. And it's like, it's all about, like,
1: I also just believe like you're either receiving or you're preparing to receive Right. or you could also think about this as like you're either' winning or you're learning. right? So, like with the apartment example, it's like, I literally we learned so much about like what we actually like to live in. And that also took us like renting a few apartments to really be like, okay, no, these are like actually our non-negotiables.
0: Hmm. like dating
1: dating <laughs> dating. yeah. Right, but it took a took a few like I don't don't know what the word is, right? But a few like rotten apples or whatever, I guess, right? You got to kiss a few
0: frogs. (laughs) Yes. Tell me about so you help coach people to make a hundred k at a time, Mm -hmm. one client at a time. Tell me what do you think is the most some of the most critical pieces in hitting you know reaching the next six figures, the next six figures. Like what does that look like?
1: I think like, you know, in order to get to the next level, like a hundred K at a time, it's also what I believe is also the same ticket for clients that want to create like wealth, like your clients, which is just simplifying and mastering what actually matters, right? Like our human brains love to pull us off course into like what doesn't actually matter to create more wealth, to grow your business to the next level, whatever it is, right? So like 100%, the biggest skill set is just staying focused on what actually matters, not what doesn't matter.
0: Ooh, I couldn't agree more. And how do you hone in on what actually matters? I guess, wait, there are two pieces of it, like knowing what actually matters and then doing what actually matters. Mm. So maybe tackle the first part first.
1: Yeah, so I think like knowing what actually matters, I think there is, I think it's twofold to that. One, I think you already know what actually matters. Like if you asked yourself, honestly, you would answer yourself honestly. And also there are some things where you do need outside high level mentorship around it, right? Like for example, I'm not a Facebook ad specialist by any means, right? But let's say I was a Facebook ad specialist and I helped my clients run Facebook ads. I wouldn't just assume that my clients know what to do, right? Like there needs to be a part where it's like, I tell them what to do and how to do it, right? Yeah. So the same yes. thing is true with like, you know, with with knowing where to focus and like knowing what matters to your wealth journey, to your business journey, whatever it is. It's like one there's pieces where you already do know what those things are that matters, you're just not doing them. And then there is the piece where it's like, yeah, you if you did know what to actually focus on and what actually matters, you would be doing it. So mm. there is a piece of like you do need external guidance.
0: Yeah, and that's so powerful. And then I find a lot of people fall apart in the execution. So figuring out, you know, honing in on what really matters and then actually doing it is a completely separate thing. Mm -hmm. And one thing I loved about our conversation was you're, you're a fairly new mom, right? Like Mm -hmm. over a year, right? And Mm -hmm. we talked about how efficient you are with your time. And I was just mind blown because you accomplish more with a young Bob working, you know, less than a full week you accomplish more than most people ever do in business. And so I'm curious how you think about what or what, what structure you put around you or how you think about staying on track and actually doing the shit that matters when it's really easy for even your brain or all of us to, to veer off track.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love that. So the first piece like is one, I know what my result is that I want. And then I know like what's non-negotiable to make that happen.
0: Oh, give me an example.
1: So, for example, with business, right? Like if the result I want is more money, like I know that delivery always generates demand. So when it comes to non-negotiables, like, and especially like, exactly, you're right. Like I'm a mom, I am a wife, I'm a friend, I'm all of these things, right? And just like you and your clients and myself and my clients, we all have really full lives that we're living. And so it is kind of silly to say that like, Because life happens, things happen. So it is important for you to know, like, here are my non-negotiables. And if I have a day where I have to spend literally six hours in the immigration office and I don't have, you know, all <laughs> this time to do things, you know, welcome to Mexico, right? Where things take a million years. But, you know, for example, then I know that like, okay, delivery generates demand. What is the most important thing in my business if I only get one thing done today, which will still result in more clients, more money? that's supporting my clients that are already paying me. So like, and I teach my clients this as well, like to know what those non-negotiables are. So it's like, if nothing else gets done today in my business, the bare minimum is just showing up for my clients that paid me. And if nothing else gets done because life happened or whatever it is, then nothing else gets done, but at least that gets done. So mm-hmm. that's how I think about it. In my brain is like, I'm super clear in order of importance, what my non-negotiables are for my business goals and
0: results. And how do you think about building demand? So how how I, well, mm -hmm. maybe you can use your own examples or just thinking about how any business owner would like, how they hone in on the things that they need to do to build demand. So first it's like, okay, where's what I would look at?
1: Like if I was looking at anybody's businesses or even my own, it's like, what's, what's the area in demand creation that if you worked on that specific area and you made one tiny tweak, like you did the right tiny tweak and you did it well, what would that tiny tweak be in that demand process? So for example, like what I teach my clients and I, you know, I I can tell your clients to get it as well. Like I have a free course that teaches it, but it's like, there's really just three components that you want to be focusing on to create never ending clients. Part of that is like visibility, growing your network, getting more eyeballs on your stuff. Part of that is, you know, generating value, marketing, you know. And then the third piece is like actually selling, making offers, inviting people deeper. So you need to know like where is, like if you were to rate each of those three areas on a scale of one to 10, which one has the lowest number? That's the one you, you'd probably want to be solving for first.
0: Mm, so good. And so you offer that in a in a free training for people, right?
1: Yeah. Like I don't have the concept of like rate them and then solve on that, but I do have a free training, like a free course that dives into those three components of creating never ending clients. Yeah.
0: Mm, So if people do those three things and just get really, really clear, those Mm -hmm. are the things that are going to grow your money and move the needle. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like those are just the things you want to be mastering. Mm -hmm. So good. What else, before we wrap, I would just love to know what's something that you have changed your mind about over the years when it comes to money? Mm, I That is such a good question.
1: I think I've changed my mind about the most when it comes to money is that I'm capable of creating more money than I even think I'm capable of creating. It's a little bit of like a. Can I swear? It's a little bit of a mindfuck. <laughs> it's a little twisty. It's a little twisty, but it's like it's kind of that idea of like, and maybe people here on the podcast have heard it, or you have heard it, where it's like, whatever, whoever you think you are, you're so much more than that, or whatever you think you're capable of, you're actually capable of so much. Of that so for me, when it comes to money, I think I've really that's like been the biggest um, shift in thinking around money for me has been like, whatever I think I'm capable of creating with my mind, I'm actually capable of creating so much more money than that.
0: Oh, so good. I love that because it's, you know, our mind has so many perceived limits and so often those limits don't actually exist. Mm-hmm. And so it's like where you think, you know, what you believe is possible. It's like, what if that was only the beginning? It's such a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. 100%. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up?
1: That's, I think, honestly, like the biggest thing I just want to share is like really just when it comes to like, just being like a steward of your money, which just means like, you know, like you're like the shepherd, right? You're the guide of your money. I think it's really just important to remember that like, one, just know what your priority is with your money, right? Like priority one like, I, I, I remember telling my partner this and the other day he came back to me and he's like, he like retold it to me. And I was like, I told you that. He's like, no, you didn't. I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> but the, what I told him was, um, oh my gosh, mom brain. My, my brain just stopped. I don't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> this happens with the mom brain um prioritizing your what you need in your business oh yeah 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 in the english language like guys this is like legitimate if you go to a dictionary there's no like the word priorities doesn't actually exist
0: fascinating
1: like the yeah literally it's priority period like there isn't priorities like that's it's like that goes against the whole concept of the word oh i love it so yeah So for me, I'm just like, just be honest with yourself of like, what is your number one priority? Like if you are the steward of your money, what is like, be honest with yourself. What's your number one priority? You know what it is (laughs) and then get clear. Like, and again, you know what this is. If you need external guidance or whatever, listen to a podcast, hire a coach, whatever, but it's like, if you need that external guidance to fill in those additional gaps, go for it. But at the end of the day, you do know what matters to creating that priority you do know what matters. And like, you just need to trust yourself and like, and then you'll be able to like steward that money and generate more wealth.
0: Yeah. And I love that. It's so so important. I think for us as women to like really trust ourselves with like making those decisions Mm -hmm. that we know that we have the answers in our own brain instead of, you know, looking for things outside of us. And it can be helpful to have coaches and containers and all of that to like guide you to the right places, but also like, so much comes from your own mind. And then like,
1: and then when you actually do listen to a podcast episode, like you're in free containers, like a, you're a podcast listener or you're in a paid container, like working with a coach, it's like you'll actually get better results, better coaching when you come to the container, whether it's a free container or a paid container, when you come with the self-trust, not without it Mm, it's like baseline you need that you need to just like trust what you know and all the things and then the coaching just makes it like next level
0: so good well thank you so much Kat you are always such a source of like so much wisdom and so much guidance and I know people got a lot out of this conversation and if you guys haven't checked out Kat online you definitely will We'll drop all of her links in the show notes and I think she'll have a free training in there for you never-ending clients which just sounds so juicy I want to get it Um, and all of her, you know, Instagram and all that (laughs) that good stuff. Thank you so much, Kat. It's been beautiful to have you and thank you to everyone tuning in. We'll see you next week. It's a gift to vibe with you here every week. If you're digging the content, I would be honored if you'd leave a rating, a review and subscribe to the show. Not just for me, but it's how women just like you find the pod. It truly is how we can all make an impact. More women being ridiculously fucking wealthy and building a life of their wildest dreams.